Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 69, Convergence, When Ministry Meets the Marketplace. Hey, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from PodcastAnswerMan.com, and you are listening to the Strategic Living Podcast with my great friend, Brian Holmes, who is now going to take your thinking to the next level. Welcome today, everybody, to the program. You have found the Strategic Living Podcast. My name is Brian Holmes, and I'm truly honored that you would join us on this journey. Here on the Strategic Living Podcast, we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies, changing nations. We want to see you healed, your mind renewed. Want to see you discover who you really are and become fully engaged in everything that God has created you to be and to do. Going to be an awesome program. I'm fired up. I hope you're ready. Let's get started, everybody. Great to have you with us today on the program. And yes, I am tuned up, fired up, lit up like a Christmas tree. I am excited. There are so many things I want to share with you today. But this particular topic, as I was preparing for the program today, I found myself sitting up straight in my chair, jumping up out of my chair, getting fired up in a very positive and very uh, encouraging kind of a way because I am convinced that 2015, the year we've just entered into, is going to be a year when we see people just like you and me come out of the, the shadows come out of our places of complacency and maybe even fear and come out of these mindsets and traps that we have found ourselves in that have limited our ability to perform at the level for which God created us. Most of all, I believe we're going to see men and women, even young people, even boys and girls, begin to make a substantial impact in the marketplace, in other spheres of influence. It is going to be a year of transformation, change, power. I just believe it with all of my heart. You know, one of the greatest travesties that I've witnessed in my lifetime is the intentional efforts made by some to separate ministry and the marketplace. Mindsets, belief systems, things that are taught even in pulpits, that are designed to keep the church, that is the church, not a church, but the church, out of the places where God's influence and his spirit's influence is most needed. We have this syndrome. It's the them and us syndrome. It's it's this whole idea of the the us and the them and the separation and the the chasm that must, by God, exist between these two spheres. You either have a secular job or a secular vocation, or or you are in, quote-unquote, and I love this, in fact, I hate this term, full-time ministry. What a pile of crock that is. Now, I want you to know, up front, I'm going to say some things today that are going to be strong because I am passionate, I am fired up, and I'll explain more about why I am right now uh, 
after having attended a very powerful conference this last weekend. But I'm going to say some things that are going to come across strong, but please know I'm not being uh, in any way demeaning to or disrespecting or dishonoring of God's church or those that lead churches or pastors or or ministry teams. I, that is not my intent. In fact, I am a church kid. I have been a senior pastor of a church for 12 years. I fully understand uh, how this could come across, but know my heart before you judge my words. In our world today, you are recognized as either a certified or ordained minister, or you are simply a church attendee who works in the world, whatever. This mindset has crippled our ability to bring heaven on earth. This idea has paralyzed us in our efforts to be relevant change agents in the culture. Rather than being change agents, we have become adaptive creatures. We have been assimilated into the culture as opposed to being change agents of the culture. Because of this debilitating paradigm, the church as we've known it, ladies and gentlemen, is becoming less and less relevant, more and more impotent as it relates to bringing about change in our world. How can we shift the tide? How can we begin once again to be salt and to be light? How can we tear down the walls that have separated the us and the them? Because those walls have to come down. How can we become the change that we so desperately want to see? Christians, believers, churchgoers are the most vocal about the things we disapprove of in the quote-unquote world, yet we are not willing to get our hands dirty and get engaged in said world in order to create the change, to influence mindsets, to influence belief systems, to actually stand up for righteousness and for God's truth in certain areas. How can we become this change? that we want to see. Well, in this episode, I want to share with you a few keys concerning this topic in this area. And we're going to talk about what it looks like for convergence to take place. No longer two separate tracks running in opposite directions, but what does it look like, ladies and gentlemen, when ministry meets the marketplace? Well, we're going to start today with a few passages of Scripture that I believe will give us a phenomenal backdrop for what we're talking about. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? When the salt has lost its potency, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He goes on to say, you are the light of the world. So first we're salt and now we're light. You are a city set on a hill, cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket. Oh my God, am I going to talk about that? But rather you take that light and you put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in that house. 
Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. One more, and I wish I had time to read the entirety of Matthew chapter 10 because it's a powerful dissertation or instruction, really a command by Jesus to his disciples about, I've given you power to deal with these things, now go. Verse 16 in chapter 10 of Matthew says, Behold, I send you out, everyone say out with me, out, as sheep in the midst of wolves. I'm not calling you to, to avoid wolves. I'm sending you right into the middle of the, the, the mess. So be shrewd as serpents and be innocent as doves. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. If your salt has no potency, it's no good. and People are going to walk all over you. If your light is hidden behind the, the veil of institutionalized Christianity or systems or programs, the light's not going to help anybody. But I want your light to shine. And I'm sending you out into the middle of the mess for my purposes. Well, I've been raised all of my life in a Christian environment. And by Christian, I simply mean I've been raised in a home and around people who have a similar faith that I did growing up. We believe in Jesus Christ. We have accepted him as our Lord and as our Savior. We have uh, plugged into or engaged in what we uh, know as church attendance, church involvement, and I believe in it as much as anybody else does because I believe we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But over centuries now, the Christian church has become something that I believe it was never intended to be. And I could talk about so many aspects of what that means to me, but I'm going to try to focus in in one area today. As a child, a young kid growing up in a church environment, I remember clearly having the impression that we as Christians were to have no part in this world. We were taught it, I mean, hard, baby. You are not to be a part of this world. In fact, we were taught this passage that is so terribly misconstrued and misused. But we were taught this idea that we are to come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. And, and the interpretatious of that, and I'm being facetious, was that we are to isolate ourselves and not be in any type of connectedness to anything other than what smelled like us, dressed like us, looked like us, thought like us. It was as if the them that we're supposed to separate from was nasty and wretched and untouchable. <laughs> it was as though once you were saved, quote unquote, you were to leave the big city and move to the commune and isolate yourself from anyone and everything that did not believe what you believed and just become a hermit, just just become a loner and just our little few. We're right. Everybody else is going to hell in a handbasket, and don't you dare be a part of anything they're doing. We were actually taught this kind of stuff. Hey, we were taught, I was taught, and I believe most of you probably were if you have the same or similar background that I do. We were taught that money was evil. We were, we were taught that to desire or to pursue success was 
evidence that your heart was darkened and that you were full of lust and greed and that your life had not yet been fully committed to Christ. We were told that uh, we were to have no fellowship with sinners, no friendships with people of different bents or persuasions than ourselves. This fascinates me because Jesus regularly fellowshiped with, dined with, and went into the homes of prostitutes and tax collectors and rank sinners. And boy, did it tick off the religious people of his day. Here's another one that that I'm still trying to figure out. For as far back as I can remember, we were I was introduced to this term in the church. In the church. Are they in the church? Are you in the church? Well, they're out of the church right now. They're not in the church. They're out of the church. They're in the church. They're it's crazy. I have come to believe that I am not in the church. I have come to believe that I am the church. Where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. When I get together with one other person across a table of lunch or coffee or whatever, or in my office just chatting it up, the church of God is on display. I am in Christ, therefore I'm a new creature, but I'm not in the church. I'm not in the church, I'm in Christ. The idea that you were either a member or a saint in the four walls of the local expression of God's church, you were either that or you were, wait for it, you were in the world. Where else am I? Dang straight, I'm in the world. I'm on the planet stinking earth. (laughs) That's where I am. But I love what Scripture says. You were in this world. Yes. Dang straight, I am in this world, but I am not of it. That means that my origin is not of this earth. I was before the foundations of the world, God created me, and he had everything concerning my life sealed in his heart. It's determined. It's destiny. It's waiting for me. Now, here's the kick. He placed me in the world here right now for a reason. So I am in the world. Yet we have had this crazy idea that we're not supposed to be in the world. We're supposed to be in the church. Listen, you are the church in the world. (laughs) How about that? You know, we read scriptures a moment ago about being salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its potency, then it's not good for anything. The only thing that's going to happen to salt that's not good anymore, not potent, or not uh, doesn't have the capacity anymore to change something, is it going to be tossed out and going to be trampled on by men. Can I tell you that the Christian coalition of the world, that is, those of us who are believers, sons and daughters of the Most High God, in so many ways, the value and the potency of what we are has become of no effect. Therefore, we are being walked all over by small minorities of people who have agendas that are unrighteous, ungodly, and are leading our nations into the ditch. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Yet, if you take that light that you are and you cover it or seal it or put a bushel over it, and this is a word picture here saying, don't take the light that you are and constrain it to a system that's going to limit its effectiveness. Light is meant for darkness, and if you cover it up, it's not going to penetrate darkness. Don't put your light in a container. Light is meant to pursue darkness. Numerous passages. My gosh. 
So many passages in the Bible talk about our mandate, which is to go, to infiltrate, to be a part of, to to assimilate into and take what is in us and cause it to change that environment. How can, listen to this, how can we be salt if we are not appropriately applied to the environment that needs our seasoning? What is the purpose of salt? You add salt to any dish or recipe, and the salt will fundamentally change the environment to which it is introduced. That is the word picture. That is the metaphor that the Word of God is giving us here. To be salt, I have to be where the change is needed. How can we embrace an idea of separation when separation by default removes us from the very environment that God is wanting to send us into so that his change can be appropriated there. How can we be light to light? Listen, if you're in a lit up room, you don't need light. But if you're in a dark place, you need light. We are light in darkness. Now, let me take it a step further. The Western church, and really in so many ways all over the world, but let's just talk about the West the, the church in the West has so institutionalized and systemized something that God intended to be organic and full of power and life. We have created so many programs that are designed to be facilitated exclusively within the four walls, yet it is my strong belief in this season that God designed us to administer his will and his kingdom outside the four walls. Now, let me clarify something here. There is a purpose for us coming together. There is a need for leadership, teachers, prophets, all these things. There's a need for this because those gifts within the body of Christ are there to equip all of the people of God so they can then be sent out to do the administration of the kingdom. That's why Jesus said, When you pray, say this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But God's kingdom cannot show up in a place until you show up in a place. That's why Jesus' first announcement concerning his purpose was, repent, the kingdom of heaven just showed up now. I'm here. I am here now. Therefore, the kingdom of God's showing up. And that should be our announcement into every atmosphere, every environment, and every sphere we walk into. When you, with a proper mindset, the power of God, the Holy Spirit leading in your life, when you step into an environment, it should not be, well, I'm going to church on Sunday, and then I'll do my church thing and my religious thing and my spiritual thing there, and then on Monday through Friday, I'm going to be at work now. So that's a different environment. I'm not going to be that same person or take what I have into that. I'm going to separate the two. No, baby, no. Where you go, the kingdom goes, if if you're of that mindset. The kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen, is not heaven. It's not some place you're going to go. The kingdom of God is about a king and his domain, his dominion. It's about his will. It's about his agenda. You say, dang, Brian, you're preaching today. I am fired up because I am tired of seeing uh, this ridiculous separation between ministry and the marketplace. Kingdom of God is about his rulership and his lordship, and that is appropriated when you and I, receive and understand who we are, and we engage in that purpose and that calling, and we get busy about the Father's business, not in the church, but out there. All these kingdoms in the world, but the Bible tells us that the kingdoms of this world shall become, they will become the king, the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And when that happens, he shall reign. How does this happen? My gosh, how, how do we get this going on with people who 
know God, but don't understand yet how to infiltrate their community with ministry in the marketplace. Well, I believe it's going to happen when we, those of us who are redeemed sons and daughters, come to understand who we are and why we're here. I, I really, and please forgive me if I sound a little bit edgy with this comment, but for a number of years, many years now, it has bothered me when I hear people say things like, well, when did you receive your call to ministry? And the implication of that question is that what I've been doing in the marketplace, what I've been doing in serving in government or education or wherever it is, what I've been doing was not, it, it really implies that what I've been doing is not my ministry. I despise that idea. I think it's a very powerful and has been a very effective strategy of Satan to get us to think in the wrong way so that we do not engage the specific thing God's given us to do where he's given us to do it. So if someone ever asked you the question, have you received a call to ministry? Yeah, before I was ever born, Jeremiah chapter number one, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart for my purposes. Oh, and by the way, I've called you and appointed you to be a prophet. You have an appointment, a specific assignment in the earth. And oh, by the way, with that specific assignment, I've already put my words in your mouth. I've given you everything you need. I have literally built you from the inside out with all the components and all the tools you will need to accomplish the thing I put you here to do. When did you get your call to ministry? I got my call to ministry before I ever showed up in my mother's womb. That's when I got it. And whether I teach Sunday school in a classroom, whether I preach from a pulpit, whether I stand in a stadium or in front of a group of leaders to train or teach, it doesn't matter. Every day of my life, wherever I find myself, I'm on a mission from God because he created me for ministry. You've heard me talk on this program about the seven mountains or the seven spheres of cultural influence. They are religion, family, government, education, arts and entertainment, media and communication, and then, of course, the big one, business and finance. These spheres must come under the influence of the king of kings. The kingdom of God must come to these spheres. What we've done for many, many years, those of us in the religious mountain, we have been very proud about our mountain, and we have said erroneously, okay, all you people on the family, government, education, entertainment, media, and business and finance mountains, y'all need to leave those mountains because those mountains are evil. They are full of the devil. They are darkness personified. They're in the world. They're in the world. They are in the world. Y'all need to leave those mountains and come over here and join us on the religious mountain. And people have done it by the bazillions. And what we've done is we have abandoned our post. We have have forfeited our places. We have actually abdicated our responsibilities in these spheres. And where there is a void or the absence of the presence of righteousness and godliness, there will be something that comes to fill that, which is unrighteousness, which is demonic agendas, which is all kinds of other things that come at us in order to bring down. That's why the church is under such persecution. That's why religious, or let me back up. 
That's why biblical belief systems are under attack. That's why marriage is being redefined. That's why so many aspects of our government right now are fighting over policies that are are directly related to biblical principles that we should be going one direction, we're going another because there has not been a voice in the right place to advocate for righteousness. These arenas can be and should be impacted by mobilized believers who are skilled, trained, empowered, and walk in the grace of God that's been given to them to lead in those particular arenas. Ladies and gentlemen, what do we need? Can I tell you today, we need, we need ministry and marketplace to collide because in all of these sectors, religion, family, government, education, arts, entertainment, communication, media, business, finance, in all of these areas, we need leaders. We need change agents. We need salt. We need light. We need godly voices that will rise up and be counted. We need powerful men and women who are not ashamed to merge the anointing and grace they walk in with the skills and the talents they've been given. We need teachers who will take over the classrooms Take over the hallways. Take over the lunchrooms of our schools. We need politicians and civil leaders and elected officials, school board members that have the backbone and a fear of the Lord who will govern according to God's word, according to established principles, and according to the rule of law. We need leaders. We need musicians and actors who refuse to sell their soul to the highest bidder. We need musicians and actors and artists who will represent Christ in Hollywood, on Broadway, in New York City, Nashville, all over the world, Paris and Rome. We need entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs, and managers, business leaders who will create, who will hire, who will lead, who will produce life in the marketplace. That's what we need. We need business leaders who will not give in to pressure from special interest groups or or the squeakiest wheel that happens to be making all the noise. We need leaders who can generate wealth. That's right, wealth. He has given you the power to create wealth. That's what the Bible says. We need leaders who can do that, but at the same time, not have a problem laying hands on the sick or raising the dead or ministering to someone who is broken and hurting. We need leaders who can facilitate not only a board meeting, but they can facilitate a move of the Spirit of God in the workplace. We need leaders who can build businesses and still maintain a spirit of and a heart of service at the same time. We need real Christ followers in every area of our society, representing the one who owns it all. We need people who are willing to, in every sphere, be led by the Spirit. That's what we need. What we need is we need convergence to diametrically opposed for the last century streams to come together into one mighty river. No more us and them. Doggone it. No more clergy and laity. No more. Do we honor those to whom honor is due? Absolutely. Do we have leaders and and mentors and pastors and and various biblical offices that we respect and show deference to and honor? Yes, all of that. But we have to tear down the wall between the two quote-unquote classes of people. No, we are sons, all of us, and we've all been called to minister wherever we are. No more distinguishing between the secular and the sacred. 
No more distinguishing between those who are in ministry and those who are in the marketplace. We're all in ministry. My friends, I believe that the next great reformation in our world is going to be born out, is not going to be born rather, out of an institution that is what we've known as the church. I believe that the church is going to be awakened in a new kind of way. I believe that the next wave we experience is going to be born out of hungry people, hungry hearts who are seeking God, open to his leadership, not only in the stained glass cathedrals, but in corporate boardrooms, in hotel ballrooms where conferences and entrepreneurial training is going on, in classrooms all over, be it elementary school, preschool, elementary, junior high, high school classrooms and hallways. Oh, God, that leaders would show up in university campuses. I believe God's church is rising up in the workplace. I believe God's real church is rising up in sports arenas, in the banking world, in the halls of government, in Hollywood, on Broadway, in the music industry, television networks, the internet, podcasts, blogs. I believe there's a great awakening taking place, a great convergence that's happening right now. It's been trickling for years. There's been splashings of it here and there. There's been a lot of talk about it. But I believe somehow we've entered into the era of convergence where this new movement is being raised up in a very powerful way. I mentioned at the beginning of the program that there's a reason why I'm so fired up today. There's really a couple of them. A week and a half ago or so on a Sunday, my wife and I sat down and we watched a movie called Holy Ghost. Now, don't freak out, people. It's a, it's a documentary a team of people that just said, you know what, we're going to make a movie, but everything we do, we're not going to script it. We're not going to just, you know, we're going to just do whatever we feel like God's leading us to do. And they document their travels around the world and the kind of ministry that took place in so many different settings just because people decided, you know what, we're not going to go to church. We're going to be the church. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us day to day, moment by moment. And the encounters that these folks had, the ministry that took place, the lives that were forever altered and changed, that movie made a a huge impact on me, and I strongly encourage you to watch that movie. In fact, I will provide a link in the show notes to where you can go purchase that. I'm not an affiliate. I don't make any money off of it, but I want you to know about it, and you can, I know that you can rent it or purchase it on iTunes, but you can also, if you prefer to have the DVD, you can get that through Amazon.com. But more recently, last weekend, my wife and I attended a conference in Austin, Texas. And let me just back up and say that in the month of December, when I was away at one of my cabins that I go to just to spend time and write, I really felt strongly that the Lord was speaking to me to attend this particular conference. Now, you got to know, I, I do conferences. I, I attend them as a student. I'm a lifetime learner, but I also host a lot of them. I train at a lot of them. I teach at a lot of them. And so I'm not just looking for one more conference to go to. It's just not my gig. But I felt like the Lord said to me, I'm going to show you something here that's going to give you a glimpse where I'm taking you. You know, I've been on a transition, a journey for the last two and a half, almost three years now, and God's been gently but faithfully leading us toward this emergence of a new season. And so I felt that going to this conference, God was going to give us a glimpse of where we're going. So we attended Danny Johnson's conference called First Steps to Success. This is a conference or a seminar for business owners, entrepreneurs. It is a uh, a 
meeting that deals with financial savvy and deals with uh, destroying and eliminating debt and living um, not only debt-free, but living uh, in a condition where we can actually make a massive difference in our world because of the prosperity and the grace that God's brought into our life. And it just it, it covers so many aspects. It's just a phenomenal the content alone of the seminar is worth 10 times what it's what you have to pay to go to it. It's extremely fair what they charge to attend this meeting, and I recommend it off the chain. I'll be talking more about it in future episodes. But for now, let me say that 1,200 people paid. I believe there were 14 or 15 countries represented there. 1,200 souls from all over the world came to this business and leadership conference. What was different about this, though, it wasn't just strategies and ideas about how to do business better, how to make more money. It wasn't all that. It was good strategies, good training, good principles. All those things were powerful. But what I saw was an environment that had been intentionally, a culture, I should say, that's been intentionally created over the last 10 to 15 years where ministry in the marketplace has become one, where it wasn't uncommon in the middle of a business session for Holy Spirit to show up and lead Danny or someone else to minister to someone that was present and attending the conference. I watched people being healed physically, people being healed spiritually, people being healed emotionally. I watched people experiencing aha moments. We had an optional worship service and spiritual development time uh, on Saturday night that was powerful. And it was it was not us and them. It was we and him. It was powerful. I can't begin to tell you all the good and the takeaways, that I guess, that, that we left with personally. But my biggest takeaway was this, that all over the world, there is a massive, massive movement of people that are being raised up that understand kingdom, that understand that God cannot be limited to four walls, that understand that God intends for us to prosper, but to prosper on purpose and with purpose. And I'm watching as lives are being changed, not in the church, but in a different context. I'm encouraged today. A new day is dawning. A new generation of kingdom-minded leaders is being raised up. And my question for you that I want to leave you with today, one question, are you going to be an us and them person? Or can you receive and accept this challenge from me today to become a we and him Would you, with me, join the movement to rip down the walls that have separated the church and the thousands of venues that need to know the power of God and his agenda? Would you join me in this movement to become the persons that God has created us to be, be developed, to learn, to grow, to be trained, to be empowered, and then to be sent? We're not trying to come to church. We're trying to be the church. Would you join me in being the church? Can we be mobilized and deployed to make a difference in our world? I want to invite you to join me on Facebook. We're going to host this conversation. You can go to brianholmes.com forward slash 069 to find the show notes for this episode and to engage with us in conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Let's be the church. Let's be the church. Well, a couple of quick announcements for you here, and uh, one of them I'm a little sad about, but 
out of necessity, we, we ran into, well, let me tell you this. I have been propagating and teaching and encouraging you for months now to be led by the Spirit and to be willing to adjust whenever, whenever you felt like God was speaking to you. And, and I do believe God speaks, and he speaks in all kinds of ways. But for a number of weeks now, I've been announcing the New Beginnings Workshop that we were going to hold the latter part of February. And my assistant uh, has been working uh, for hours trying to locate a venue for us. And for whatever reason, we kept running into roadblocks. It just seemed like it was more difficult than it should have been. So before I went out last week to the conference in Austin, Texas, in my heart I was feeling, you know what? I think maybe the timing's just not right for this. But then it, when I got to the event, there were several things, several aha moments that came to me and several clear what I believe were instructions or revelations from the Lord for my life and for this particular season made me very aware and very clear that we're going to be postponing New Beginnings Workshop. I suspect that we'll have it later in the spring of this year, but we're going to be working on that and looking at that. But I just want to make you aware that... Uh, that has been taken off of our website because we're not going to be hosting that workshop right away. Just really pay close attention uh, to our website and to our podcast. The next few weeks we'll be either announcing new dates for that or letting you know what we're going to be doing in lieu of it. So uh, more information at brianholmes.com about all of that. Reminding you, we're just a few weeks away now from launching our brand new website. I'm so excited about that. You're going to love it. A lot of great new tools and features, learning opportunities for you there. Next week on this podcast, on the Strategic Living Podcast, it is, gosh, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. I, I'm going to be presenting to you an interview that I had with Wayne Jacobson, great leader. And we've been talking today about destroying this chasm between ministry and the marketplace. And Wayne is one of those guys who's leading not only in that arena, but also in the arena of helping us to discover our relation, how our relationship with God can go to the next level. And Wayne's written several books about finding church. He's written a book called uh, He Loves Me, which we're going to talk a lot about in the interview. He's also helped with the project and the book The Shack, which is a New York Times bestselling book. You will not want to miss the interview with Wayne Jacobson. You're going to be touched by it. I had mentioned to you that we're going to have lessons I've learned in 2014 this week, but I really was compelled to speak on this. So we'll bring that to you at some future date. Also, I want to encourage you to stay plugged into our Monday Mastery videos. These are short three- to five-minute snippets, just power-packed, full of great content, full of really useful and helpful things that will grow you and build you and help you to become more of what God's made you to be. So tap into that as well. And lastly, I want to say to you that we encourage you to subscribe to our weekly email update. We're taking that to the next level this year got several new things popping up, and I want to make sure that you're in touch with what we're doing. We will not spam you, bother you, bug you, not trying to sell you anything. We just want you to have access readily available and in a very accessible way to our podcast, our blog post, and to our various quotes we're sharing, resources we're sharing, etc. That's how we communicate with you most effectively. So we'd love for you to do that as well. Well, a couple of more things that I want to share with you here quickly. If you enjoy this podcast, I'm asking you to 
to share it with someone. Call them on the phone. Shoot them an email. Shoot them a text. Message them on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Say, you have to check out the Strategic Living Podcast over at brianholmes.com or certainly they can subscribe to the podcast as I would encourage you to do in iTunes. And if you enjoy the podcast and are receiving benefit from it, I would really appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving us a review there. It helps drive our visibility up in iTunes, which of course helps other people find out more about the show. We'd so appreciate you helping us get the word out about what we're doing here at brianholmes.com. Well, I trust that something we have shared today has challenged you. I want you to be, as I learned last weekend, a two percenter. Don't be like everybody else. Don't do what everybody else does. Decide you're going to be different. You're going to be you're going to be a leader, not a follower. The head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. I pray that you're healed from your past. You're transformed in your mind and in your heart. I pray that in this season, this new season, you're activated to fulfill this beautiful and unique purpose that God has put in your life. Until next time, remember this. You are made in His image, designed for a purpose, and destined for greatness. I believe with all of my heart that the world is waiting for you to show up. God bless. We'll see you back here next week.